0: And you are now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn.
1: Radio Free Brooklyn is brought to you by the fans and listeners alike who pledge as little as $1 per month to assure we stay on the air.
0: That's right. Listeners like you, you can give us your hard-earned dollars. Send them our way.
1: RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge.
0: Pledge, please. Pledge often. And again, you are this station. We're here for you guys.
1: Whether it's $1 or a $100 or somewhere there in between, any little bit will count to help us stay on the air with financial ease. Again, that address is RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. And if you want to contribute to us directly, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash L-A-R.
0: And now... Time to get... Get embarrassed with us. Ah.
1: Back, I'm back. I'm finally returned. Welcome to the show. Jimmy's not burned yet. No, not yet. It's pretty freaking hot out though. It's awful. I I come back from the UK and it is just a boiling plate. Yeah, it was really really nice when you
0: were gone. Mostly cuz you were gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for those who are tuning in for this for the first time, my name is Alon, and that low voice right there across the room from me is Jimmy Hoffman. No, it's um it's someone else. It's somebody else. It is someone else. He's possessed, y'all. He's possessed. If you have yet to really truly understand what our show is about, because our show is kind of a mishmash and has gone uh, not off the rails, but certainly <laughs> has dived into many a theme,
0: you could say. Our show has gone off the rails, but our show is Bruce Willis and Unbreakable, and he survived. It's true. See? We involve ourselves in the world
1: of analog audio, old audio, anything that has been put under the dirt, we
0: are here to uncover it. Exactly. The sounds of old. Yeah, dig up that time capsule out of the backyard. You. No one's looking for it. Not somebody else. But we are. You. We need it. You, that soldier boy. You. <laughs>
2: you. <laughs>
1: anything that has your likeness or may actually be you. You. <laughs> Please send our way to at gmail.com or talk to us about it. We're all over the place. We got our profile on Audio Boom. We got SoundCloud. We got iTunes, and uh,
0: yeah, we're even on the twits of Er. Yeah, you can even see us, uh, you know, tap dancing for coins in Times Square.
1: Uh, I will leave it to you to do that.
0: Let's begin. <laughs> you
1: Having a show with my partner here is a a great privilege, and while I was gone, I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have a a co-host. I would have been happy to have any one of the Radio Free Brooklyn members who has a show here on this great station pitch in and fill in, but it is good to have a tag team partner here in the corner.
0: Oh, yeah, so I will be your, uh, your Chris Jericho. As opposed to... I don't know who was his tag team partner. He had a lot of tag team partners, didn't he? I feel like he probably did. I think his original tag
1: team partner, if you remember, is uh, uh, Brian Pillman. Oh, Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Brian Pillman and Steve Austin. Chris Jericho was with... um, now Now I don't remember... I, I, it was way back in the day, though.
0: There's a guy at Five Guys Hamburgers, which are good burgers, if you don't know that already, that always says, I, he, ever, I walk in, he goes, Hey, Shawn Michaels! Shawn Michaels! Because of, I guess, my voice. Mm hmm. So I'll be a Shawn Michaels. Okay. And I
1: will. <laughs> and I, and I, so Diesel is going to run this train into the ground, and uh, at least he will be there to uh, pick up the paycheck at the end of the day. In my former iterations of audio, radio show creative project land, as far as that has all gone in my life, the Danziger Zone was the basis of Lost and Rewound, and it continues to be. And so let's get back to basics, because, gosh, I had a, a lot of friends who I did the Danziger Zone with. I would spend a lot of time with Nate Robbins and this kid, Eric. You know, probably once a week, we would all get driven to Hebrew school together, along with this girl, Ellie Rossett. We all had a carpool, so... I didn't really hang out with them per se during school, but I hung out with them a lot throughout the school year because we were going and you know learning how to get our bar and bat mitzvah thing for a whole entire year. Learning and, how to be a man and a woman. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of clips where that came from, but this particular one that I thought would be good to play. Is hinting at how I actually, for once, wanted to try and be a little more inclusive with Nate and have him be sort of a tag team partner for me, sort of like a foreshadowing, if you will, to the way that Lost and Rewound is now
0: with my buddy Jimmy Hoffman, or just in general the whole collaborative process. Right? It's not always easy to try and share that spotlight, but when you got someone in your corner, sometimes it's nice to tag out. Let's hear the results.
2: in the zone. That's right. It's now time for the elon and nate show <laughs> sorry nate and the elon hey on the elon, on the elon and nate show we have a guest <laughs> Name, he's from he's from Woodstock, New York. And he's very <laughs> He's very skinny and muscular. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he's the son of a of a famous of a famous <laughs> Catskills author. That's right. His name is Eric Kenneth Michaels. And <laughs> here he is right now. Let me talk. All right, all right. Here we go. Here's Nate. Okay. Okay. Hey, how are you, Eric? How you been? Yeah, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. <clears throat> okay, to start off today's show, our first question today. Oh, babe. how do you feel to be the son of that famous uh, writer in Castellaria? Joanne Michael. Well, I like to brag about it. <laughs> right. Do you think that is really wise? Your peers must get angry at that. Absolutely not. Great. Right. <laughs> Well, I happen to be very, very good at basketball, yeah, but that's right. not what other people think, and I wouldn't be talking, Elon. Oh, now there's no re- there's that- no need to get angry. Violence is not the answer. <laughs> now, now, violence is not the answer. Now, Eric, I'm afraid we might have to kick you off the show. That's <gasps> <a bookkeeper>. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. This show's like and
1: In the Danziger Zone, everybody had a program. If you were twelve years old and some kid stuck a recorder in your face and wanted you to contribute something using the top of your intelligence.
0: What was twelve year old Jimmy into? Yeah, so you're saying like a, a hobby of mine or something that I was I was consistently interested in back then?
1: My name is Elon. I am a kid who wants to be your friend and I have my recorder. And you see me on the bus. This kid had the celebrity profiles. This kid had them. Magic the Gathering. Um, this other one talked about hair tips. You remember Corinne? Yeah, yeah. You get it.
0: Okay, so I would say that my expertise, my knowledge expertise, when I was twelve, bleh, World War Two. <laughs> World War II history Yeah,
1: with Jimmy Hoffman.
0: (laughs) Here we are. Let's talk about reasons why we, you know, why we dropped the bomb.
1: On this episode, we find out what was actually going on in the war room that day.
0: So Yamamoto was talking about how America was a sleeping giant and how he he feared his terrible resolve. And, and... Uh, either that, or what else was I into as a kid that I wouldn't be talking about? Because I had, a, I was really into baseball. Maybe up until around twelve, then the Yankees got really terrible for almost a decade. And so, I, would you like read a watching.
1: baseball card? You'd be like, "Here's the baseball card of the week." No, I would probably
0: just make fun of the Mets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a, a special edition of 500 reasons why the mets suck with james hoffman
0: reason number one they're the mets
1: so i i had a lot of programs that you know because i was creator of the Danziger zone i had elon's famous sayings i had elon's famous put downs i had demented dictionary basically it was like punderdome in its original form nice that's nice. the best way to describe it yeah yeah and then um what else did i have i had I don't know, like I would record TV and call them interactions or technical difficulties where I just started spurting into the microphone like I had ADD, which I did, but it wasn't confirmed (laughs) yet.
0: I might have been a guy that would do a lot of voices, honestly, character voices. Exactly. That's something that I did actually ever since I was a little kid to the point that I was reading through one of my old... Uh, what do you call it, Uh, signature books? Autograph books that you would have when you graduated from a school? And I had the one from elementary school, and uh, there was a girl in it that wrote, uh, Jimmy, the Man of a Thousand Voices, and I I was 10 at the time, so I was like, yeah. Other the one thing that was really weird, too is I had was looking through it at the time with a girlfriend, and there were like so many weird shady things about me and girls and like what? and then we looked through my middle school one and it was the same thing They were like, yeah, we know you
1: like that girl and Lotie blue and ga, ga, ga. in sixth grade, there was plenty of in you know relationships quote unquote relationships yeah. that, walking around holding hands
0: relationships th- th- no that
1: never got talked about really. that was sort of like gossip to the point where. Nobody really ever felt like it should be mentioned on Alan Danziger's recorder.
0: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't your, your recorder that was too personal. It, it
1: was uh, the case that on a few occasions there was some mentionings of that. I don't know. It didn't happen all the time. Nate was a, certainly a, a ladies' man or a girl's boy, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, and Eric, I think, had uh, a few girls interested in him i did not i think any male student in the fifth and sixth grade probably had a better chance with getting female interest than i did is that because you're carrying a tape recorder all the time that would probably (laughs) be the case yes definitely if not definitely let me paint the picture nate was very athletic and very smart eric was i would say Quite athletic, not as athletic. So which
0: one was the one that was skinny, muscular?
1: That would be Eric. That was Eric, okay. he, he played a lot of basketball, as mentioned. He listened to a lot of hip-hop. Gotta give Eric Dapp, gotta give him credit. <laughs> he played me my first Queen Latifah song. Dude had some good taste. He, he was listening to Tribe before I even knew who Tribe called Quest. I didn't even know what it was.
0: So, he was just with the Sioux Nation and stuff. He
1: was just one. who was 11 and 12. I mean, come on, that's some good taste. And, yeah, I mean, his mother was an author, and that was the subject for what we were speaking about there. And Nate had a lot of programs. Eric just had the one program that we'll get to in a little bit, returning for the second time. The programs that Nate had were almost in abundance. He had Nate's sing-along. He had Nate's geography lessons, uh, Nate's lessons of life, which were just, like, the sun is hot or the sky is blue or some, like, really stupid things like that. But so what ended up happening was is that he had so many, and we were goofing off in the back seat going to Hebrew school so much. And even just goofing off at Hebrew school that I think there came a tipping point where he just wanted more programs. And I was like, no, you can't have it. You can't. You can't. No. Schedule, you can't schedule, have more programs than The schedule than me. isn't open. Well, then I – figured I would placate and say, okay, well, let's do a program together where I basically do the music, I try and talk over you.
0: <laughs> I did enjoy, <laughs> I think that was probably my favorite part of the clip, is that you did the theme song that lasted like, so long, and you're just... Just going on and on with like the cheesiest late 70s, just over-the-top intro song. Dude,
1: when we listen to the second part of the Wizard of Zone, and we will, every segue is... It's like a variation. It feels like my ringtones. I can probably make seven or eight different ringtones based on random little do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do's that I came up with at 11 and 12. It'd be
0: great if you'd become like a composer and that those do-do-do's are now world famous.
1: I am the analog Thomas Dolby. There was a point where I just said, Okay, we're going to do this program together. That was the only one, the only one time that the Elon and Nate show or the Nate and Elon show, (laughs) can't get over the fact that I mispronounced my name so much, um, that that it ever happened. And the reason what that was is because Nate and I stopped being friends because of a disagreement that we had had. Let's just say that. Another day, but all is quashed as adults. In that moment, in sixth grade, the Elon and Nate show ceased. Because we were not hanging out anymore. Before that ever happened, there was a lot of laughs that occurred and a lot of misunderstandings that occurred on even the most humorous of fronts.
2: No, that's his idea. Nate's shoes. Can you believe that? <laughs> no. That's yes. to a go to a dance council meeting then. What? You have to go to a dance council meeting then. No. Yes. What is a dance council meeting? so, when all the people... The have that's never happened. Oh. Yes, it has. <laughs> it happened.
1: it happened a lot. It all right. Danziger Zone meeting, that was my thing that I did when I was in my own little world behind the scenes creating all these characters of which I've talked about before. This skeleton. The skeleton. The I skeleton. That, the yeah. dinosaur named Jocosaurus, and then a character out of my necklace named Don Zony. Who spoke like this. Yeah, Don Zoni. Exactly. <laughs> you know These are all characters that I created, and so whenever I'd have a Danziger Zone meeting, it would basically go something like this. All right, Danziger Zone meeting. We have to talk about Nate's shoes. Is this a program that we really want to have? I don't know. I mean, does he really know that much about shoes? I don't know anything about shoes, and I'm very interested. I I just don't understand. He's got so many different characters already.
0: And it would go on and on and on and something like that. So this was the... Uh, meeting to discuss Elon schizophrenia <laughs> <laughs> let's discuss it with all of his personalities <laughs> title of the show
1: Elon schizophrenia no and then yeah and so very much so the case that I actually somehow managed to break out of the mold because do I as a 12 year old who's trying to be cool and be accepted despite having a tape recorder that he walks around with do I actually want other boys other girls girls god forbid to see and hear me talking to myself and i would actually fall victim to not paying attention and sometimes very few times i would pretend to be other characters around other people there were like few exceptions like when i remember i did recorder ramon for the first time and uh, my friend Ben anderson who's been on the show before laughed hysterically he could not stop laughing when i did the hit And we we're 11 years old. He just would not stop. He was on the floor just in tears. And I think the only other exception probably in terms of characters that I can get away with doing characters with was Brooks. But Nate was like, what? <laughs> he was like, he wasn't on the same plane at all. So when I was like, okay, Nate's shoes, we got to talk about this. Do we really like I had no idea about sneaker culture back then i maybe owned a few different shoes but i didn't think it was worthy enough for a program you probably had a number of different shoes back then
0: my relationship with sneakers in the city is that i never got nice sneakers because i was so afraid of my shoes getting stolen and i did not want to have that instance of walking home the slow walk home with no shoes on it's the most embarrassing thing ever
1: have you ever met anybody who's done that
0: uh when i was a kid i used to see people walk around with no shoes and i knew that their shoes had been stolen (laughs) And I'd heard of my friends telling me that they'd had their shoes stolen before.
1: So walk me through how
0: shoes get stolen. A kid would come over and he would go, Hey, what size shoes you wear? Because <laughs> you have to wear the same size as him or he can't steal them. <laughs> and if you wore like a common size, I wore a really common size, a lot of people used to wear. Uh, they would They would steal your shoes just like anything else. Run them sneakers. And then if you didn't give them to them, I suppose uh they would hit you and then rip them off your feet so i remember as a kid i specifically used to wear beat up shoes just because i did not want to deal with that and i would not buy nice ones and also to me like the whole idea of spending 100 bucks on shoes was ridiculous uh so even now in adulthood i just i don't mind if my sneakers look nice but i've never been a guy to keep them good and I grew up multiracial, and it was very much a big thing in the Hispanic community to have really nice sneakers. But in the white community, it was like, "Who cares?" And that was one thing that I never got. Like, I never, I didn't have braids, you know. I didn't have cornrows, didn't have an earring, and I didn't have nice shoes. There was some things I couldn't get over, you know. One of the most uh, miraculous discoveries I've made over time is, is
1: that, and I knock on wood as i say this because of the way i presented myself i've never been robbed or i have been robbed but i haven't been robbed of any possessions or like jewelry or clothes or anything because i don't dress nice were you robbed of your pride no, no. I just, Money. I, my, I, yeah, exactly. I had a wallet that was sliced open. I had fallen asleep on the train. It's the only time I've ever been robbed. And they actually uh, cut the wallet and, and, and took it out of the bottom of the of the wallet of your pants or something like that. I was on the end train, parked into Astoria into Ditmars Boulevard, and I had fallen asleep. I woke up, and sort of disoriented, middle of the night, realized that my wallet had been sliced open. It had been in my back pocket, and my back pocket had been sliced open. My back was facing away, so the only way that they would have been able to get in because I was in one of, the, like, the
0: middle seats was if they pushed me or slipped Rolled their- you over and put their hands on your back. They butt. really had to try. And they really did. I mean, it's really – I mean, honestly, if my wallet and my pants were sliced open and they only took my money, I would be so happy. I'd be like, thank God they didn't slice me open.
1: All I'm saying is that <laughs> a I don't... Ridiculous situation. But I realized that at that moment, I was wearing really nice pants. Uh, and I don't normally go out very often Were, with, they, were they
0: khakis? Because those are rich person pants. They were, like, dress pants. Well, I, khakis are rich person pants, and a button-up shirt is an adult shirt.
1: I dress less adult than I did back then, which is part of the reason why I am pretty confident that because of the way I dress down, even though I make more money than I did when I first moved to the city... I, you know full disclosure i am not as susceptible to being robbed because of my lack of putting on airs that i make more than i actually do yeah this
0: do. is something that i've been doing i don't uh, i don't for, rock shoes for the entirety of of the time i lived in new york the, the kick culture i don't subscribe it, originally to originally i used to dress i used to dress down uh to the point where in the winter time in boston in college i would get mistaken for a homeless kid <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be mistaken for a homeless kid. I'd rather rock the Keanu Reeves yeah, look. Yeah, exactly. I, people used to think I was a homeless kid or a drug addict uh, because I used to dress down and wear, like, hand-me-downs and wear um, old, like, army surplus and stuff when I was in college. And then as I got older, I started to dress like a thug because I used to live in a dangerous neighborhood. And my whole thought was, who's going to rob a thug, you know? So it it did work out. I mean, I since I haven't, I haven't had someone try to rob me since I was a kid. Uh, it used to happen all the time. I tell people that when I was in high school, someone would try to rob me, like, every month or so. Hmm. And ended up having fist fights and all kinds of different stuff. Well, you know?
1: Boston, I feel like it's well, this so... Is in, this is in Brooklyn, though, in Sorry. high school.
0: When high school, though... Yeah, in, in college, um, I never got robbed in college. Uh, there was one instance in college where I saw a friend of mine getting robbed... And then the guy that was robbing him was like, yo, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. And <laughs> They're like, who the fuck cares? And I and I walked over, and the guy was robbing my friend. And I was like, yo, take it easy on this dude. Like, he doesn't know any better. And the guy was like, yo, what, you got a problem, son? And I was like, nah, but, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, too. And he was like, yo, word? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, man. And then he was actually from the next street over from me where I grew up. So he was like, yo, help me rob this kid. (laughs) Are you serious? No. Dead serious. He's like, yo, I'll give you half, son. He
1: he was attempting to coerce you into joining his side. He wanted
0: me to Even though he wasn't your friend. Yeah, he was just some random random thug on the street. But, you know, I had enough credit at that point uh, to help him rob this kid. And I was like, nah, man, like, my my school was sort of artsy-fartsy, so mm-hmm. I was like, nah, man, the, the kids from my school ain't tough, man. I was like, yo, just go up. And there was another school we didn't like, like a rival school at the top of the park. So I was like, yo, just rob those kids at the top of the park. yeah. <laughs> if anyone's out there from Fisher, uh, I'm sorry, guys, that I sent this kid in your direction. <laughs> I, I hope I didn't put myself
1: more on the spot if somebody is, in fact, ready to pounce at me for, and steal my loafers. My, like, <laughs> my cheap-ass hey, loafers. Hey, yo, penny loafers. Hey, yo. <laughs> Let's take like, a listen to more Danziger zone fodder.
2: Well, back to Danziger's Own Mini. Anyway, here's Scully. Can't Scully? Get... No, Scully's like Skeleton. Oh, I think I like uh, Scully's and Michael. Michael. He OD'd on children's Tylenol.
0: God, that is so amazing.
1: <laughs> I don't think I ever met Mike Scully. Maybe we did meet once, and I know that he definitely was in the same school district as me, but he did not go to Woodstock. He probably was in West Hurley, so he went to school with a buddy of mine, Abe Dance, who has, for full disclosure, also been on the show, but that's not important. The whole entire understanding I had of Mike Scully was, was that he was tall, he was athletic, and from what I understand from Nate, the gossip ran around town. I don't know if I have any right to project this since... He is, in fact, alive still, but that Mike Scully OD'd on children's Tylenol and I mean, lived to tell the tale.
0: There was a guy who we all used to talk about that we're like, oh, man, this kid, he does all the drugs, man. Like, and the story was that he did so many drugs that he thought he was a glass of orange juice. And if you get close to him, he's like, I'm going to tip over. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just remember that story. And then I ended up becoming friends with the guy. And like, he was a totally mellow dude. And like nothing no problems at all. There was a yearbook
1: that came out, uh, and I was very curious when Ryan, Ryan showed me his yearbook, who who was that cute girl and well, who was this guy, and you know, le- trying to learn about all the kids that I'm not going to school with and what their personalities were like. And I'll never forget – I don't even remember the kid's name, but I don't ever think I'll forget Ryan basically being like, oh, this kid, he's addicted to speed. <laughs> And we're in, what, 13, 14 years old? I thought it was the most hilarious thing at the time because I'm like, how can he be addicted to speed? We haven't even gotten to high school yet.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those days, man. I mean, I, I don't know if I ever said this on the show. Did I ever tell you that the first time I went to a Coke party, I was um, – Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Time out. Nine years old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Running back one more time. You just you just qualified and said, I don't think I've ever talked about that time that I went to a Coke party. Jimmy, you've never told anybody. I've never even heard you mention. You never heard this. Story. I don't even think I've heard what a Coke party so it's, is. It was it,
0: not a Pepsi party.
2: <laughs> that's, that,
1: that,
0: that's fair. I think I I, would, I don't think I was nine. I think I was. I was. I was ten, maybe. But I was the oldest person at the party. I do remember. Was, and you were how old? I was. I was in. You know what? I must have been in seventh grade, and the, that sounds the more kids accurate. at the party were in sixth grade. So I must have been eleven, and they were ten. And if that's the age that we are in middle school, seventh grade, seventh grade. Are you kidding me? You're twelve or thirteen in seventh grade. Am I losing my mind? I thought when I went to middle school I was ten, and then I turned eleven before seventh grade, and I think so. And then you turned twelve before eighth grade, and then you went thirteen to high school. I don't know. Anywho, are you kidding me, man? You turned fifteen when you go to high school.
1: Maybe not in the U.K. or something. I know that (laughs) my wife's cousin is 13, and he is in high school now because high school starts
0: earlier. Well, when I was a high school senior, I was 17. And when I was a junior, I was 16. When I was a sophomore, I was 15 and freshman, 14. So. Oh, but you know what? Your parents probably made you the youngest person in your class, didn't they? I would turn the age in the summer after school, always.
1: Yeah, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Either way, you're anyway, the, you're at a party or not and you're
0: party. I'm 12 and they're 11. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, either
1: way, that's still heinous and just despicable.
0: <laughs> I had just gotten done eating some candy and, like, reading a comic book and went to this party with a bunch of kids that were younger than me. And I was like, oh, I wonder what's going to be happening at this party. And it was just like all these drugs out. And I felt like I was in like a movie. I was like, we're kids. (laughs) What is happening right now? (laughs) This is so weird. That's when Brooklyn was too real. I'm telling people. I've told people that story before. Not on the show. But that story is just too real. Even as a kid it was.
1: Where in Brooklyn, do you mind if
0: I ask? Park Slope, of course, man. Oh, wow. Park Slope. Coke Slope. Exactly. All these kids that in this neighborhood, when I was growing up, they were all ending up in rehab and, and different stuff it's like sad. that. It's sad. It's actually really tragic. I do remember that no one ever tries to share cocaine. That's not like other types of drugs. But I remember it was there and for the taking sort of deal. And I was just very much like, you know what, I'm going to avoid this because I'm a child. I even knew at the time, I was like, I still really like Thundercats. I don't think Thundercats and cocaine are on the same level. My first... Day or first,
1: definitely my first year. Within the first few months, maybe the f- first several weeks of beginning my new school at Poughkeepsie Day School, a senior at the in the high school who did not drive and still rode the bus. A guy named Clay, great guy, really hilarious kid, and very talented, and went on to do good things with the art world. But you know, he was an art kid, and you know, he had like the black Doc Martins. He was a very sort of brooding teenager, and. I don't know where he got this, but he just all of a sudden one day I get on the bus and he just proceeds to blurt out, stop smoking crack Alon." And (laughs) what followed was years of being told by younger high schoolers as like there's generations. It was like then it was Cody and then it was Nick and then other kids in the years to come would pass on what they learned from their elders of the bus saying, stop smoking crack Alon." What followed then because of this was this sort of joke rumor that I was a crackhead prone to bouts of crackhead-like energy or exuberance. I just thought it was really funny how for somebody that didn't even smoke weed, much less do any kind of drinking or drugs or any of the type until I was 16— how at like 12 or 13 years old, I'm being pointed as a crackhead. And it was all obviously in jest, but it's just really funny to me how my legend exceeded myself, basically. Hey,
0: I got pulled out of class by a teacher. Um, is there a problem, Jimmy? That one time was like, Jimmy, you're high in class. And I was like, no, miss, your class is just really boring. And I'm falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, no, 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 it's, it's not that I can tell. And you look really squinty. And this is true. This is a real thing of my family. I was like, no, I have a squinty family. And then she's like, what do you mean? I found this out from my father. We, My family, we have. Uh, I have a condition in my eyelids that makes me squinty. All it does is make me squinty. Like the nerves in my eyelids, they're not as sharp as other people's. So like if you actually see me blink and you look closely, I'll blink slower than normal people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's funny because it's so subtle that it just makes me look really cool all the time oh yeah you know it makes way. me look smooth and was like damn that dude just blinks super slow like oh my god like he's just he's just he could give he could give a shit he don't care he's living his life
1: when i began my school i was in the easy target range of being given like ridiculous rumors made of me and uh i took it all in stride i just didn't really understand where the whole crackhead thing came from and i figured it out someone pointed out that when i'm laughing My forehead projects veins that pop out, and this is all in context for the the story and what it was like back then. I'm not sure if I still have these veins that pop out of my forehead uh, like a three-headed dragon
0: (laughs) in (laughs) my My, but, no, I, I have. I actually, personally, I have the same exact thing. So, I have this yeah. giant throbbing vein on my forehead when I get excited. And it always, yeah, whenever I get excited or, like, when I'm laughing
1: hysterically, then, um, you know, that wouldn't happen. That's not natural. He's been getting
0: the crack pipe.
1: I, yeah, just, I, used to have the... I just
0: don't know how it became
1: a point that I was the designated crackhead of I, all I fans. used to get the, the
0: forehead vein, and I also would get a big neck vein. But for me, I always felt like uh, Hulk Jr., you know? Little Hulk Jr.
1: Little Hulk Jr.? Little Hulk Jr. Little Hulk Jr. <laughs> We're going to go and take a quick break. I'm glad that Mike Scully is still alive. Nate Robbins is doing fine. And we're going to hear a little bit from Eric in a little bit with
0: more of the magic that we talked about some time ago. All right. You're listening again to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn.
2: I take a look at my life and realize it's nothing left Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that Even my mama thinks that my mind is gone But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking Or you and your homies might be lying to chalk. I really hate the trip, but I got to low. As they cool I see myself in the pistol smoke Boom,
1: So if it wasn't already a surprise, yep, Dangerous Minds was released 21 years ago to this day. So if you need a point of reference for what happened on this day in 1995, now you know Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise was made famous by Dangerous Minds. 21 years ago, you know what that means? What does that mean? That means that
0: Coolio is 54. (laughs) (laughs) Coolio, we've it on you. I still remember that in the song, he says that he's 23 and he hopes he makes it to 24. He,
1: <laughs> he did make it to 24. He did. He made it. Oh, my God. He, he got to cook, too, man. He's got a cooking show. Cookio? <laughs> cook, Cookio, exactly. <laughs> Coming up with clips for the show this week, I couldn't help but notice that the day was mentioned in that commercial for Dangerous Minds with
0: Michelle Pfeiffer. Wow. So if Coolio has a cooking show called Cookio... It's, it's not called Cookio, you weirdo. <laughs> Does that mean that Coolio is not a big fan of Pokemon and he's, and he's hearkening back to the days of Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> that, it, it's certainly possible. Look, Coolio's I, cooking show reminds me of Snoop Dogg doing Planet Earth. The best thing about Snoop Dogg doing Planet Earth is that he has no knowledge of the animals he's talking about. <laughs> so he's like, hey,
2: yo, what's this one right here? Oh, damn, look, look. Oh, snap.
0: Have you actually watched Planet Earth with Snoop Dogg?
1: Yeah, you didn't know this is a thing. So, Neil deGrasse Tyson gets to do the universe show, but Snoop Dogg gets to do the earth? Of <laughs> the course. <laughs> it well, all makes They sense. just
0: started getting clips and, like, just getting Snoop Dogg to talk over them. I don't know if he did it himself or what originally, and people were like, yo, this is ingenious. He was watching a video of how hot dogs get made, and he's narrating it, and at the end of it, he goes, oh, that's hot dogs right there? Oh, I ain't never eating a hot dog again. Yo, if I'm at the barbecue, and my man comes up with a hot dog, I'm gonna slap that shit
1: out of his hand. There, there, there should be a list of like the current five best African American narrators. You've got Neil deGrasse Tyson, you got Snoop Dogg, you definitely got Morgan Freeman in there, and then uh, I would say uh, James
0: Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, don't forget.
1: No, 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 he's on there. I was getting to him. And pick uh, up James
0: Earl. I would, I would say he passed recently, but I would say James Avery. I would put him there too. Good idea. Put him in there because he. <laughs> <laughs> RIP James Avery though, RIP. Because, uh, yeah, because. The only thing I can remember of him doing voice work, uh, other than if you don't know who James Avery is, he's Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. A.K.A. Shredder
1: from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles
0: exactly. cartoon. Exactly. He Never forget. He was Shredder. Never forget. I'll get you turtles. That was totally James Avery. Yep. Uh, if you guys have also ever seen the Transformers movie from the 80s and you didn't know Orson Wells plays the voice of uh, of Unicron. So that's just the last performance he did before he died. And he died like two weeks after that movie came out alright nerd I got more magic
1: <laughs> I got I got more magic the gathering trivia for you Orson
0: Welles is a Transformers
1: <laughs> hold on one second here we go
2: okay today I'm gonna be talking about the giant shark it's a dark card it's- it is? oh sweet it's 4-4 four, four, and every time it is blocked or blocks a creature that has taken damage this turn it gains Plus two, plus o, and trample. Better known as Rampage. What do you want from me for? Yeah. Shark cannot attack unless the controller controls at beast one island. Um, what do you want me for again? But, it's cool anyway. Well, what do you want Bye. Today I'm going to be doing the elementics Water, Air, Earth, and Fire. These cards are very useful water is the same as fire itself water is a red card and fire is a blue they are both 5-4 and have basically the same casting cost air elemental is 4-4 four, four, and it is flying it is a very good card because it can it's c- horrible it has a huge casting cost it should go it should die in hell that's an ast- it should rot in hell and die of gonorrhea now that's a false statement because air cannot go to hell. How do you not? Know? I don't. But it can. And the Earth elemental, which is four or five. Thanks. They are all have huge heaven. Go back to Jersey. And it's pathetic. Thank you.
1: Two things. First, full disclosure, uh, we have talked about Jimmy's obsession with Magic the Gathering. No obsession. And two, did you catch that Scrooged reference in there, in the very end? No. Go back to Jersey, <laughs> you moron. <laughs> oh my god. Wow, that's my favorite part of the clip. Other than air can go to hell.
0: <laughs> what was the casting cost? You never said.
1: I, well, I'm leaving that to you to know.
0: Uh, I want to say if it was a five four four five air <laughs> elemental. <laughs> yeah, my calculations are right. <laughs> lift, lift, lift those, lift those glasses up a little move, more. No, no. Said, "Turning the glasses up." Um, I don't know. I mean, if the casting cost was too high, and it was enough that it was that was you saying that, right? I'm not in that clip at all, dude. Who was that? That was Eric and Nate, the kids okay. that I uh, went to Hebrew school with. Then I'm guessing the casting cost was like six, which is a lot. <laughs> That's what's a, my assumption.
1: Okay, so what's a normal casting? I, I know oh, well, nothing about that. The magic, deal so... is that you're
0: only allowed to put out one mana per turn. And by what? the sixth turn, that's a lot of turns into the game. Yeah, you could have won a game by six turns in. I mean, it, you would have to be really good, but you could six mana. You can. You're ready. You're ready. And the thing is, you don't get mana all the time. You have to draw them from your deck of sixty cards, and you probably have twenty mana or fifteen mana in the whole thing. So six mana is a lot and the great sh- and the big shark or whatever. I don't know what the big shark was like <laughs> I can't remember what that what that card would have been using the top of my intelligence which isn't a lot. Is that it's a blue card because well, it comes from water. yeah. I'll tell you a funny story actually about um it's all well, sort of magic related. There was a buddy of mine that had a tattoo of a humpback whale with wings. So we just thought it was, like, one of the worst tattoos we'd ever seen. It sounds
1: like a pretty shitty tattoo. No offense.
0: And and then uh, we basically were convinced, or we weren't really convinced, but we just thought it would be even better, because he thought it was cool, and we were making fun of him for that tattoo. So we just kept saying, and I can't remember what it was, but we just kept comparing it to this one magic card. We're like, oh, it's just, like, this magic card. You got this magic card tattooed on you. And that really got to him. Like, he just, he was like, no, it's not Because he understood the reference? Yeah, I think because he, cause he, although that guy liked magic, he thought it would be really corny to have a magic card tattooed on him. For like, oh, you got this magic card tattooed on you. That's great. And <laughs> he just couldn't get over it. And he actually got it covered up. Get out. Dude, his arms are just all cover-ups. Oh, no. <laughs> he, has like, he has like three cover-ups on his arms. It's That's... Like solid black tattoos. Oh, my God.
1: That's it. I'm like I always wonder what would happen if you got a really sick tattoo back in the day and then you got old to a point where you grew out of it. You grew more mature maybe or you just like your life was different or you were not allowed to have tattoos where you were going to be in your new professional life as an accountant or something like that i don't know i it just seems rather improbable that you would get a tattoo and honestly want to black it out what's the
0: thing you get laser Lasered, yeah, yeah laser it
1: off right or you just deal with it and never show it ever again <laughs>
0: well uh, i don't know if you've ever seen there's a there's a television program i want to say it's called um I don't know, I can't remember now, but it's it's like about bad tattoos. It's all cover-ups. It's a cover-up TV show, and that's all they do is cover-ups. It's out in LA, they do this, and I I love the show cuz the tattoos are are hilariously awful that walk in. The worst tattoo somebody had, and I don't remember what the context of it was. There was actually a couple that were bad. Um, they both had the same concept. One was a, a mailbox that had a penis shooting out of it and it said special delivery. Oh, okay. <laughs> and another one was a penis wielding a knife. Get and, the penis mightier. And the guy was like, my kids hate it. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure everyone hates it. <laughs> Well, if the kids don't like it, you
1: know you've lost everybody.
0: There's a couple instances where a guy would have a tattoo of a demon, and he'd be like, my daughter is scared of it, and I want to get it covered up, because every time she looks at it, she, she cries, and I'd be like, okay, that that's fair enough, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't think about it. A friend of mine has tattoos of, like, evil monsters coming out of his chest, which, if he was breastfeeding one day... <laughs> when true equality exists
1: when i was online you know like chatting with women that i didn't know i will never forget i was chatting with somebody i don't know like someone that i met in in like teen chat too i don't know (laughs) and i don't know like we were having like a private conversation um like just like a private i am out of the chat room and all i remember was she was like do you have any tattoos i'm like no but if i was to get one it would be a flaming spiral around my belly button or something really stupid. But I think she took it, like, really hard. Because the next thing after that was like, oh, I see. You were not who I thought you were. Goodbye. Wow. It was some, like, super quick shade that was just thrown at me. And I was like, oh, wow. So clearly, I was never meant to get a tattoo. I still have no
0: tattoos, and you do not, but you no, never had any interest in getting them either? I don't, and the one reason why I know I don't want any tattoos is that I find that my personality and my interests change drastically from year to year, and I'm not interested in the same things I was five years ago. So am I, you know, 50 years from now, going to look at the tattoos that I've got now and think that I'm identifying with them? No. I mean, they're yeah. going to be an, a shade or an image of myself from when I was a kid, but... You know, it'll be cool to remember, but I got possessions for that. I'm
1: glad 17-year-old Alon did not get his spiral flame wish. Oh, yeah.
0: Another one off of that crazy tattoo show is there was a guy that had gotten a tattoo of his mother's name adjacent to his crotch. Oh, dokie. Yeah, again, like... The room unexpl- falls unexpl- silent yeah. with <laughs> confusion. <laughs> Unexplainable. He would be like, yeah, you got a girl over. And then she gets so pissed off because she's like, oh my God, I can't believe you Another know chick's name next to your crotch. And I'm like, no, don't worry, babe. It's my mom's name. And then they leave. Piercings and tattoos were out of my wheelhouse, but I
1: did get my ear pierced when I was in fifth grade. It was the only piercing I ever got. And after many years of having the whole clothes, and I have still no piercings at all. Yeah, I
0: never got a piercing. I never dyed my hair. The only thing that I've done as far as altering my appearance in an alternative method. Okay, other than cross-dressing? Yes. Uh, Last time that happened was like two days ago, interestingly enough.
1: (laughs) Is that what that photo was that I saw? There was like a photo of you wearing like a church outfit. Oh, you did see that. Where did you see that? I didn't see that.
0: Don't worry about it. It was on Facebook. World, we're 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 just
1: talking with each other right now. That is
0: that is me. It was for an impromptu wedding, and I was one of the bridesmaids.
1: That's so sweet. That is a very sweet gesture. (laughs) They asked that somebody
0: would ask Jimmy to be a
1: bridesmaid. They said
0: we're going to get married right at this moment. Uh, we've got a dress. Anyone want to be a bridesmaid? And then they all looked at me immediately. <laughs> Everyone, the attention went directly to me.
1: Just don't get on that trajectory of being always the bridesmaid, but never a bride. This is
0: kidding. true, right? Um, so the only thing that I, I mean, alternatively I did besides wearing a dress for comedic effect, because to me, that's that's one of the oldest things of comedy. Wearing a dress is, is, is like slapstick, you know? It was a mohawk. I had a mohawk before, but for a very short time, you knew me with the mohawk. I did. This is true. It was two months most you know that's a pretty big
1: commitment would you have ever done that when you were a kid you think mohawk maybe altering I, your I, hair I
0: really long hair when i was a kid you know big mo big afro really really long locks um it was funny though when i did have the mohawk Every time I would meet a chick with tattoos or piercings, she'd be like, cool Huck, man. Like, it was a thing, yeah.
1: We have alternative lifestyles. I'm
0: telling you. Well, because now, I can't talk to those chicks. I don't, you know, they look at me and they're like, oh, this guy is too, he's too buttoned up, you know. He, 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 and that's what these chicks sound like. You know, he's just. They, he's, they,
1: they sound like your father? He's too put together. <laughs> they do. What else did you play when you were a kid other than Magic? I know that we've talked about how we've nerded out in the past, but I'm I'm kind of curious if uh, there was any other trendy games that you were all about back then. Were you all about
0: Risk? Used to like Risk. I'm I like Risk too, actually. I never played. I was wanted to. I never played like Lord of the Rings Risk or Star Wars Risk. I thought that would be fun to do. Yo, Game of Thrones Risk. That must exist, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it does now I would play this shit eyes
1: Anything Dude they, They've got like Pumpkin pie Oreos Anything goes now
0: <laughs> It's <laughs> a crazy world we live in
1: let's, let's listen to this Quick clip The name of the file is Ten Pogs
2: We're outside now And let me see here I have the ball And I'm gonna shoot And am I gonna make it? No Oh I mean That, that other time When I When I was shooting With the recorder Let's try it now Let's try if I can see if I can do it with one hand. All right, let's try it left hand. Alright, go with the other hand. Can I do it? Nope. But I can try and take a third chance. And I'll follow a fourth chance. And uh, well, he's not doing good. Well, let's see if I can do it now. I really doubt not Oh, yeah. I betcha nothing. I'm gonna make it now, man. I betcha ten pogs. Check it out. Ten pogs? Okay. Just kidding.
1: I guess I made the shot, finally, after five or six tries. Dude, when pogs were on the
0: table. Pogs were on the table.
1: I don't know where the pogs went, but I still
0: have the slammers. Yes, I've got Pogs somewhere, too. I know that I've got them somewhere. You somewhere. had, like, the Simpsons Pogs, I you had to catch them all. I had, <laughs> yeah, right? I had, I still remember, I had a Slammer that had this werewolf with a sword on it. It was, like, the coolest thing I ever. Sick. All That's my friends, sick. All my, and he was just, like, he was jacked and, like, holding it, like, just, just ready for action. It was really cool. Funny story about Pogs. If people don't know what Pogs are... Um, Based out of Hawaii... It's like it's it's some of these classically inane children's games um, where you would stack these. Um, oh, I had a Pog maker, and I used to draw my own. I do remember that too. What? Yeah, I used to draw my own Pogs and make them, and then you would actually would adhesive this sticker to the Pog. It was really cool. That's they came out awesome. awesome, and you'd like cut it out of the thing, mm-hmm. it came out perfect. Um, but Pogs were these. Round pieces of cardboard with uh, images of cartoon characters and comic books and whatever else, and then you would stack them up. I don't even remember how the how you actually play the game. I don't remember what the rules were, but you would like you would literally you would slap this big piece of metal in the same shape as the cardboard. It could be metal.
1: It didn't always have sometimes it's plastic.
0: But yeah. you know what? If you were legit, you had a metal one, or the metal one was your like your number one. Oh yeah, because that was the one that did the most damage. Exactly. And you would slam them on top of the stack of these pieces of cardboard. And then I think if the ones that were face up or face down, whether I had more face up or some would win, something like that. I have this story of Pogs. I still remember this, man. I can't believe when you brought this up. Pogs was like elementary. So I was like seven or something. We were playing Pogs. And there was this kid that was like, oh, let's play for keeps. Let's play for keeps. And I didn't even know what that meant. I remember at the time it was one of the craziest things that happened to me. It warped my little child mind. And I wasn't ready for it. It was the first situation in reality where I lost. And I could feel the loss. Because this kid was like, oh, let's play for keeps. And I had like all these great Pogs down. And I didn't understand what he meant and then he won and he was like, oh So I get to keep all the pogs that you bet me because we played for keeps and I was just like wait Those are mine though." and he goes no they're mine now because we bet for them and we bet for keeps and you agreed And I was like I did agree. Oh my god, and then he like (laughs) took them and he left and it was a piece of my property that was gone. I was shattered. I remember I like I I probably cried. I remember going and being like, "Oh my god!" Did you I can't continue believe. playing pogs after that moment? Dude, I never played pogs with another kid. I played them. I used to still make them, but I would never play. I would never play them anymore. Really? Yeah. I lost a toy, a couple toys. I brought like a couple toys with me. We went to Chinatown to get some so, to get some dim sum. I put them in the dim sum bag. We left the dim sum bag. With all the leftovers on the street corner. <sighs> one of the toys was a stuffed Bart Simpson toy.
1: Oh, man. I know.
0: And the other one was one of the bad guys from Ninja Turtles. Um, one of the really obscure ones. Not, not like... Uh, Wingnut? Not ro- yeah, not Rocksteady, but one of those. Uh, I want to say maybe, maybe it was The Fly. Maybe it was... Um, Baxter Stockman. Baxter Stockman, bam. And
1: played, I- played in the newest film by Tyler Perry. What?
0: <laughs> you didn't know this, man? No, are you serious right now?
1: I'm not joking. I don't think he became a fly in it, but
0: he's definitely played Dr. Stockman. You could have said that, and that could have been the biggest lie. You're the movie <laughs> man. I am not even that cinematically advanced in knowledge. Dude, saying that, saying that, <laughs> that Tyler Perry is playing Baxter Stockman is as if you're like... What know. world
2: do we live in? Yeah, you're going
0: to say that next? That like James Franco is playing like Casey Jones? I don't know who played Casey
1: Jones. I forget.
0: You know Casey Jones, though, right? Yes. Remember Casey Jones? Yes. If you guys do out there don't remember Casey Jones, he was the, the Jason Voorhees character in, in Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so you
1: lost the two toys, though.
0: And after I lost those toys, I
1: never brought toys out of the house again. So these are like catastrophic experiences
0: for a young mind of loss of yeah. loss with 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 just material goods well that's really. like
1: what I was talking about that one time with Magic the Gathering and the reason why I never played it anymore is because I played Idiot and combined my pack with somebody else's I had a bunch of cards and figured I'd combine them we joined forces never saw the kid again never saw the cards again figured well I don't need to play the game again now but bringing toys outside the house you had just bought them though
0: right well, my parents had bought them. I was too young, but I do remember that I used to when we would go out.
1: You actually brought these toys
0: out of the house with you to to, some- to a restaurant. Yeah. God damn! I'm telling you that like like my parents now. I, you know, I know better. I can go and say to my kids, you know, toys are for the house. But I remember I used to bring toys on the subway, and uh, I actually left a toy on the subway one time too. And I think that was maybe the last straw.
1: It it helps you learn how to not leave uh, very valuable things as an adult, though. It's good practice. I can tell you. I didn't lose enough toys. Now I lose my phone all the time. If only I knew the power of loss. That's what I'm
0: saying. I can tell you straight up. I don't think I've lost a possession of mine in like a decade. Oh, please teach me the ways, sensei. You ever seen Memento?
1: Believe it or not, I have, but the second half. Oh, come on.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the first half? <laughs> exactly.
1: Precisely. It's the, it's the oh, biggest man. anomaly ever.
0: That's too funny. In Memento, you know, he doesn't have memory, so he has to make all these tricks. And I realized that I had bad memory and that I would lose things, so I'd give tricks for myself to not make sure I didn't lose anything. So anytime I'm leaving a situation, I stop what I'm doing and I look around and see if any of the possessions in my general area are mine. Mm-hmm. And I always do a thing where I always will check my pockets and I move from one room to another room in any place unless it's in my house and make sure all of my things are still with me. The same way, like just just the little things. And, and honestly, I used to spill food on myself all the time and i haven't spilled food on my shirt in the same way like a decade and i taught myself (laughs) yeah how to not do that it's
1: like not even it isn't even so much as losing things it's just keeping your
0: wits about you so you don't make the same silly mistakes it's exactly that you know i realized i when i had spilled food on myself i said what am i doing why is this food going on me and i said oh i'm bringing the food to my mouth i should bring my mouth to the food and I would lean over the plate instead of bringing the food up to my shirt, and that was all. It, that was all it took.
1: And all it took was being the idiot kid who brought toys to into Chinatown. I'm telling you, man, can- that stuff it was very quickly sold on the black market.
0: Oh, you know it, dude. And some kid was like, "Yo,
2: Wapoot Simpson, yeah!" What?
0: <laughs> and dumplings, because <laughs> there was dim sum in that bag too. Dude, speaking of dumplings,
1: I am so hungry. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get out of here in a little bit. Give us a, one second. Here's a segue. Boston we'll find <laughs> That's our show, and uh, in case you don't know who we are by now, once again, my name is Alon. And my name is Jalon. Jalon. Is there any one different way to pronounce my name? My uh, more... Animated half here, my, the the voice of reason now in my life. Is, yeah, I'm the, is, new, I'm the new, is, new is, voice of, it, of reason. Ex- exactly. <laughs> he's he's morphed out of my being all of a sudden, and now he is this lower voiced, skinnier, scrawnier Brooklyn version of Elon named Jalon, <laughs> aka Chibby <laughs> <laughs> uh, We bring we bring you Lost Chivy. Around every Thursday uh, because uh, Radio Free Brooklyn is the best, and you should be listening to all of their programming, ours included. Every Thursday at three PM Eastern Standard Time, catch us here next week. And uh, if you haven't already subscribed to our show on Audio Boom, please do. Um, we update very regularly, and we hope to hear from you with any advice, insight, uh, death threats, anything at all that you have that will push our show forward with more. I don't know what 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 would be the clicks. best clicks. We well, need clicks. Well, clicks. Well, well, it's not even so much clicks. We need. Uh, we, we, we need to click with y'all and um, reach out to us on the social medias and let us know what we're doing right and wrong, and we'd love to uh, hear what you have in regards to any kind of old audio yeah, that you may have. Yeah,
0: submissions, submissions. You could be on the show. This could be you with a slightly higher-pitched voice. You so, could be here.
1: So we look forward to hearing uh, what you have to say. But in the meantime, catch us next week,
0: and thanks again for listening. Again, these are your hosts, Alon Danzinger and Jalon Hamzinger. <laughs>
1: Lost and rewound.
2: That's about it. <laughs> Alright, yeah. Houses. Yeah, houses. Okay. Houses. So you'll be hearing it with Nate's sing along and Nate's houses. houses. Geography, like Houses. Right? Nate's house. sing along now. No, no, you want Nate's houses. Nate has a house, one has a window, one has a door where you open it up. You walk inside, you walk into the living room, you go through the hall and there's a kitchen.